Chapter Twenty Three of April's Lady. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C. April's Lady by Margaret Wolf Hungerford. Chapter Twenty Three. All is not gold that outward sheweth bright. I love everything that's old, old friends, old times, old manners, old books, old wine. And it's you, Miss Joyce, glory be! What a day to be out! Tis drenched ye are entirely. Oh, come in, my dear, come in, me darlin'. Here, Mikey, Patty jerry come here every mother's son o ye and take mr beauclerk's horse from him oh by the laws but ye are soaked arr what misfortune drove ye out to-day of all days miss joyce was there never a man to tell ye that twould be pelting storm before nightfall there had been one how earnestly miss kavanagh now wishes she had listened to his warning it looks so fine two hours ago said she clambering down from the dog-cart with such misguided help from the ardent mrs connolly as almost lands her with the ducks in the muddy stream below ouch there's no more dependence to be placed upon the weather than there is upon a man however tis welcome you are any way your father's daughter is dear to me yes come this way up these stairs tis anne connolly is proud to be entertaining one your blood inside their door oh i'm so glad i found you says joyce turning when she has reached mrs connolly's bedroom to imprint upon that buxom widow's cheek a warm kiss it was a long way here long and so cold and wet and where were you goin at all if i may ask says mrs connolly taking off the girl's dripping outer garments to see connor's cross faith twas little ye had to do a musty old tomb like that would nothing but broken stones around it wouldn't the brand-new graveyard below there do ye musha but tis quar the three is ouch my dear twas wet ye are there isn't a dry stitch on ye i don't think i'm wet once my coats are off says joyce and indeed when those invaluable wraps are removed it is proved beyond doubt even mrs connolly's doubt which is strong that her gown is quite dry you see it was such a sudden rain says joyce and fortunately we saw the lights in this village almost immediately after it began figs too sudden it to be pleasant says mrs connolly twas well the early darkness made us light up so quickly or ye might have missed us not knowing your road and how's all with ye my dear miss barbara and the master and the darlin children i've a branny cock and a hen 
that i'm thinkin of takin down to master tommy this two weeks but the old mare is mighty quare on her legs o late are ye all well quite well thank you mrs connolly wish ya god keep ye so and how are all of you when did you hear from america last month then divil a less and the greatest news of all a letter from johnny me eldest boy wid a five pound note in it and a picture of the girl he's gonna marry i declare to ye when that letter came i just fell into a chair and tucked to laughin and cryin till that ouchel of a girl in the kitchen began to bait me on the back thinking i was bad in a fit to think me dear of little johnine i used to nurse on me knee thinkin of takin a partner and a strappin fine girl too figs with cheeks like turnips but there now i'll show her to ye by and by she's a real beauty if them portraits be true but there's a lot o lies coming from o'er the water and what ye be taken now miss joyce dear with a return to her hospitable mood a drop o hot punch now whisky is the finest thing out for givin the good-bye to the cold oh no thank you miss connolly hastily if i might have a cup of tea i arrah bad cess to that tay what's the good of it at all at all to a frozen stomach could poison i calls it well there and come along down with me now and give yourself to the entertainment of mr beauclerk whilst i wet the pot glory what a man he is the size o the house a fine man in earnest tell me now with a shrewd glance at joyce is there anything betwixt you and him nothing says joyce surprised even herself by the amount of vehement denial she throws into this word oh well there's others and mr dysart would be more to my fancy there's a nate man if ye like me be figs with a second half sly wholly kindly glance at the girl if twas he now i give ye my blessin with a heart and a half and indeed now miss joyce tis time ye were thinking o settlin well i'm not thinking of it this time says joyce laughing though a little catch in her throat warns her she is not far from tears perhaps mrs connolly hears that little catch too for she instantly changes her tactics faith ain't tis right ye are my dear there's a deal o trouble in marriage and ain't tis young to entirely to undertake the likes of it says she veering round with a scandalous disregard for appearances my what hair ye have miss joyce tis improved it is even since last i saw ye i'm a great admirer of a good head o hair 
I wonder when the rain will be over, asked Joyce, wistfully gazing through the small window at the threatening heavens. If it's my opinion you're askin', says Mrs. Conley, I'd say not till tomorrow mornin'. Oh, Mrs. Conley, turning a distressed face to that good creature, well, my dear, what can I say but what I think? flinging out her ample arms in self-justification would ye have me lie to ye why a sky like that always here a loud crash of thunder almost shakes the small inn to its foundations the heavens be good to us says mrs conley crossing herself devoutly did ye ever hear the like of that but it can't last it is impossible says joyce vehemently is there no covered car in the town couldn't a man be persuaded to drive me home if i promised him to if ye promised him a king's ransom ye couldn't get a covered car to-night said mrs conley there's only one in the place and that belongs to mike murphy and tis off now miles bin skibbereen attending the funeral o father john mcguire twon't be home till to-morrow anyway and facts i wouldn't wonder if it wasn't here then for every mother's son at that wake will be as drunk as fiddlers to-night father john you know me dear was greatly respected are you sure there isn't another car quite positive but why ye need be so uneasy miss joyce dear sure tis safe and ye're sure you're wid with me but what will they think at home and at the court says joyce faltering ah what can they think miss but that the rain was altogether too masterful for ye you know my dear we can't even the best of us control the elements this unconvertible fact miss conley gives forth with a truly noble air of resignation come down now and let me get ye the paltry cup of tay you're craving for she leads joyce downstairs and into a snug little parlour with a roaring fire that is not altogether unacceptable this dreary evening the smell of stale tobacco smoke that pervades it is a drawback but if you think of it we can't have everything in this world perhaps joyce has more than she wants it occurs to her as beauclerk turns round from the solitary window that she could well have dispensed with his society that lurking distrust of him she had known vaguely but kept under during all their acquaintance has taken a permanent place in her mind during her drive with him this afternoon oh here you are beastly smoky hole he says taking no notice of miss conley who is doing her best curtsy in the doorway i think it looks very comfortable says joyce with a gracious smile at her hostess and a certain sore feeling at her heart once again her thoughts fly to dysart would that have been his first remark when she appeared after so severe a wedding 
"'Tis just what I've been saying to Miss Kavanagh, sir," says Mrs. Connolly, with unabated good humor. "The heavens above is always too much for us. We can't turn off the weather up there as we can the cock in the kitchen sink. Still, there's compensations always, glory be. And what will ye please have with your tea, miss?" turning to Joyce with great respect in look and tone. In spite of all her familiarity with her upstairs, she now, with a looker-on, proceeds to treat her young lady as though she were a stranger and of blood royal. "'Anything you have, Miss Conley,' says Joyce, "'only don't be long. There is undoubted entreaty in the request.' Mrs. Conley, glancing at her, concludes it is not so much a desire for what will be brought as for the bringer that animates the speaker give me five minutes miss and i'll be back again says she pleasantly leaving the room she stands in the passage outside for a moment and solemnly moves her kindly head from side to side it takes her but a little time to make up her shrewd irish mind on several points while this worthy person is getting you your tea i think i'll take a look at the weather from outside says mr beauclerk turning to joyce it is evident he is eager to avoid a tete-a-tete -tete, but this does not occur to her yes do do says she nevertheless with such a liberal encouragement as puzzles him women are kittle cattle however he tells himself better not to question their motives too closely or you will find yourself in queer street he gets to the door with a cheerful assumption of going to study the heavens that conceals his desire for a cigar and a brandy and soda but on the threshold joyce speaks again is there no chance would it not be possible to get home says she in a tone that trembles with nervous longing i'm afraid not i'm just going to see it is impossible weather for you to be out in but you it is clearing a little isn't it with a despairing glance out of the window if you could manage to get back and tell them that she is made thoroughly ashamed of her selfishness a moment later but my dear girl consider why should i tempt a severe attack of inflammation of the lungs by driving ten or twelve miles through this unrelenting torrent we are very well out of it here this miss er connor conley seems a very respectable person and is known to you i shall tell her to make you as comfortable as her limited liabilities with quite a laugh at his own wit will allow pray tell her nothing do not give yourself so much trouble says joyce calmly she will do the best she can for me without in the intervention of any one as you will au revoir says he waving her a graceful farewell for the moment he is not entirely happy in his mind as he crosses the tiny hall and makes his way first to the bar and afterward to the open doorway 
like a cat he hates rain to drive back through this turmoil of wind and wet for twelve long miles to the court is more than his pleasure loving nature can bear to look upon yet to remain has its drawbacks too if miss maliphant for example were to hear of this escapade there might be trouble there he has not as yet finally made up his mind to give inclination the go by and surrender himself to sordid considerations but there can be no doubt that the sordid things of this life have with some natures a charm hardly to be rivalled successfully by mere beauty the heiress is attractive in one sense joyce equally so in another miss maliphant's charms are golden are not joyce's more golden still and yet to give up miss maliphant to break with her finally to throw away deliberately a good ten thousand pounds a year he lights his cigar with an untrembling hand and having found it satisfactory permits his mind to continue its investigations ten thousand pounds a year a great help to a man yet he is glad at this moment that he is free to accept or reject it nothing definite has been said to the heiress nothing definite to joyce either it strikes him at this moment as he stands in the dingy doorway of the inn and stares out at the descending rain that he has shown distinct cleverness in the way in which he has manoeuvred these two girls without either of them feeling the least suspicion of the other last night joyce had been on the point of a discovery but he had smoothed away all that evidently he was born to be a successful diplomat and if that appointment he had been looking for ever comes his way he will be able to show the world a thing or two how charming that little girl in there can look and never more so than when she allows her temper to overcome her she had been angry just now yes but he can read between the lines angry naturally that he has not come to the point declared himself proposed as the saying is while puffing contemplatively at his cigar she must wait she must wait if the appointment comes off if sir alexander stands to him she has a very good chance but if that falls through why then and it won't do to encourage her too much by jove if miss maliphant were to hear of this evening's adventure she is headstrong solid enough to mark out a line for herself and fling him aside without waiting for judge or jury much it might cost her she would not hesitate to break all ties with him and any that existed were very slight he himself had kept them so perhaps after all he had better order the trap round leaving miss kavanagh here and and yet to go out in that rain to feel it beating against his face for two or three intolerable hours was anything even ten thousand pounds a year worth that he would be a drowned rat by the time he reached the court 
and after all couldn't it be arranged without all this bother he might easily explain it all away to miss maliphant even should some kind friend tell her of it that was his role he had quite a talent for explaining away but he must also make joyce thoroughly understand she was a sensible girl a word to her would be sufficient just a word to show that marriage at present was out of the question nothing unpleasant nothing finite but just some little thing to waken her to the true state of the case girls as a rule were sentimental and would expect much of an adventure such as this but joyce was proud he liked that in her there would be no trouble she would quite understand tea is coming up sir said a rough voice behind him the mistress told me to tell ye so the red-headed abigail who tends on mrs conley beckons him with a grimy forefinger to the repast within he accepts the invitation end of chapter twenty three recording by lindemarie nielsen vancouver b c